One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 166. In a small business world of hustling and stress, today's episode is a breath of fresh air. My guest today is my friend, Ashley Bowden. Ashley helps creatives heal self-sabotage and create gentle businesses. And that is what we explore in this refreshing conversation. In this episode, we discussed what it looks like to build a gentle business the role of self-sabotage and how to move through it, how to prioritize your safety, finding community, the power of quizzes, and much more. I wanted to have this conversation on the podcast because I feel like we don't focus enough on making sure that we are creating businesses that are kind and feel good to be part of. Ashley is the perfect person to have this conversation with, and I can't wait to share it with you. Here it is. Ashley, welcome to Making Good. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. I am so, so, so excited to have you. We have a lot of ground to cover. We were just chatting before I hit record about all of the different questions I want to ask you. So we are going to jump right in. But before we do, for those who don't know you, would you just give a little bit of an introduction to you, what kind of work you do, and maybe a little bit about your path in in your small business so far? Uh, so I'm Ashley, if we haven't met, I love you already. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I help people heal, specifically creative entrepreneurs. I help them heal self-sabotage and cultivate gentle businesses that people can feel safe inside of because self-sabotage is a way to stay safe. So if we can create businesses that we feel safe inside of, we'll self-sabotage less. And it'll just feel better and we'll see more results. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the work that I do. and. I have been in the online business world since 2014. Wow. Full time. I guess I was <laughs> involved in it before back when um, I think like 2013, it was re- what was really big in the online social media space was, well, Instagram wasn't even invented. <laughs> wow. And Twitter was really big. And I used to run a lot of Twitter parties, Twitter chats, where you Mm. sort of all chat at the same time on Twitter under a hashtag. And uh, so I've seen a lot of, I feel like I've seen a lot of trends come and go and things be really popular and then not popular at all. (laughs) Yeah. Do you still Twitter? Just out of curiosity? No. No, I I feel like most people in the creative industry aren't active on Twitter. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I've always been intrigued by Twitter. I've just never really found a reason or, you know, anything. Never found something to say over there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's good for some industries, but maybe not ours. Yeah, totally. Um, I love what you do, as you know. Ashley and I made friends in a program that we were both in, and we had launches over the same period of time. So we were just getting to know each other and keeping each other accountable and kind of like pumped up about the launches, which was such a fun experience. And it's been so cool getting to know you and your work. And um, I just love it's very it's a very refreshing approach to business. And so I'm really excited to talk about gentle business and self-sabotage and what you mentioned. Before we do, though, there's something that's kind of unrelated that I want to pick your brain about, which is quizzes. Um, quizzes as in the kinds of quizzes that a lot of businesses, uh, I'm sure my audience has seen, quizzes that businesses will have, maybe it pops up on their website or you, you directed to it from their social media where it's asking you to answer a bunch of questions and then it spits out an answer Maybe it's assessed you for something or what's your perfect this or that. So I think quizzes, you've done quizzes. You actually have a course about quizzes, which I would love for you to share about as well. But I think for people who maybe haven't really thought through what a quiz could help them with in terms of their business. Why might quizzes be something that people should consider doing? Who are they good fit for? What kinds of advice you have for us about quizzes? Yes. Well, I really believe in quizzes because I have a quiz that brought me a lot of success in terms of growing my email list. And that is really one of the reasons I would recommend them over other lead magnets uh, because they bring in... (laughs) A lot of leads, and I think that there is a there's a draw to quizzes that is unlike a draw to a PDF or a demo, mm-hmm. uh, because people love to learn about them, and they love to receive something that's really specific to them and what they're like and what they need or who they are, and so the opportunity to get to know themselves a little bit more or read uh, more about themselves, maybe find out things that they didn't know or they didn't know in this certain way is just a really, really big draw for quizzes that you might not find with other things because it's more, you know, if you download a PDF, like everyone's getting the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a more customized way. So that one, that increases leads, but two, that also helps you to segment your audience. And you can create you know, types sort of in a quiz that uh, are segmented for the different types of people in your audience. And that can help you create more content. It can even just give you really incredible information on what your audience, who your audience is and and what they're like and maybe some of the problems too that are going on for them. So I would say those are two of the biggest advantages to doing a quiz, I think also just that once you set it up, it can be really something that runs an autopilot uh, behind the scenes for you. Mm-hmm. So if someone is interested, and actually I just want to back up and say, this is something that 
I think we tend to see a lot of maybe coaches and service providers doing, but as you know, a bunch of my listeners, maybe like two thirds of my listeners, I would guess are product-based businesses Mm. and quizzes can be used for them too, right? Yes. Yeah. Like I think with a great way that I have seen product-based businesses use them is such things as like product recommendation quizzes. Mm -hmm. Someone can fill out a quiz and and have more of a a niche down sort of recommendation of a product. I find this is really good. And I've even taken quizzes like this for any kind of, especially I think things in the beauty industry, Mm -hmm. um, around skin or self-care, et cetera. Yeah. But I think it could be, I think you do a recommendation quiz for any type of product brand. Yeah, I there's a candle business in Seattle called Particle Goods. They're amazing. If you don't know them, anyone listening, check them out. But they've done a quiz that's like, what's your scent profile? Mm -hmm. Um, And it asks you a bunch of questions kind of just about the vibe that you're looking for. And then it'll like the result is that it spits out one of a few different profiles. And then according to that profile, here's a bunch of scents that they offer that like kind of go with that, which I think is really smart. Um, but yeah, I agree. I've seen a lot of them with like skincare or um, like hair products, things like yeah. that as well. Yeah. Um, so if someone wanted to start a quiz, what is like, what's, how do you even do that? Like, do you have any tips on how to make a quiz process as well as like recommendations on um, platforms to use? Yes. So I think one, you want to really get a clear understanding of the messaging of your quiz, the quiz topic, making sure that it is something that really makes sense for your brand and is not, you know, some sort of random offshoot of (laughs) what you do is really sort of, uh, sort of banked on the centricity of your work. So I was called what is your self-sabotage type mm-hmm. and that makes it really good by the way I took it and I was like yep <laughs> <laughs> this is me <laughs> yeah that's what you always that's what you always want for someone mm-hmm. to say when they take your quiz and so that's one making sure that it's in the in really the centricity of your brand message and the expertise of what you do because whatever your quiz is will become the expertise to your audience uh, so I think that's something to pay attention to. Then mm-hmm. uh, the big piece of quiz making, I would say, is the ar- both the archetypes and the questions. Archetypes would be more for sometimes more personality-based quizzes, but I guess archetypes could be used in things like product recommendations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would always encourage people to build out the results first. And... I think when it comes to this, you can, one, you can use a lot of pre existing personality frameworks. So, for example, for mine, I based a lot of my results on the Enneagram types, mm-hmm. which then I didn't have to, you know, sort of build everything from scratch, but it gave me a, it gave me a really clear understanding of the difference between the types and also helped right. me to make up some of the questions in a way that, weren't so serious 90% of the time because self-sabotage can, you know, be sort Mm -hmm. of serious. And we're looking at 
just look at researching other quizzes and see how people have set up result profiles. Uh, and then from that place, asking questions and really keeping a mixture of questions, some light, some serious, some mm-hmm. fun. There's naturally going to be some quizzes that are just fun. Like, right. what kind of fruit are you? Which, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And then there's going to be some that are really serious, like mine. Or mm-hmm. what my, I don't know, what mindset's in your way or something like that. So, uh, I think using a variety of deep and light and fun questions. And then it is also cool. Some people put questions in their quiz that actually don't tie to results, but they're just questions to get information from the audience. Ooh. That's another fun thing you can do. Great tip. Like a, just like sneaking in a survey question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. And you use Interact. Is that the platform that yours is hosted on? Yes. Interact. Yeah. Cool. High recommend. Perfect. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. Well, I just wanted to like do this little mini session in in our interview about quizzes because I think yours is one of the best that I've taken. And I have gotten a lot of questions from people like, Oh, should I do a quiz? Like, why are people doing quizzes? So thank you for doing this quick aside about quizzes before we get into kind of the meat of this episode. This is super interesting and it's been on my list for a while. So maybe now that I'm saying it out loud to my podcast audience, I will be holding myself accountable to actually create one. So yes, do it. Watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> You do have a course teaching people how to do quizzes, right? Do you want to share a little bit about if anyone's interested where they can find that? Oh yeah, so it's I would say less course, more of a class. Okay, okay, because <laughs> uh, it's a one video. It's an hour long uh, video on how specifically how to create a supportive quiz. So how to create a quiz that is like a supportive tool for people, one that's um, steeped in a lot of compassion and support. Mm. But I also just go over the basics of how do you make a quiz? What technology do you use? How do you come up with questions? How do you come up with results? Uh, What do you do after people take the quiz? And and how do you sort of lead people through, et cetera? And so you can find that on my website just at the top of the site. It'll be there for you if that calls to you. I will link that in the show notes as well. Okay, so let's talk about really what is more at the heart of your business, which is gentle business. And this is a concept I loved learning about more from you and from just, you know, consuming your content and getting to know your work a little bit. What is gentle business? Yes, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) Gentle business is a way of entrepreneurship that is one gentler and two Mm -hmm. really sort of centers your safety and care so that, like I mentioned at the beginning, so that you can really see more results in your business because you're able to take action more and two, you are uh, well taken care of in the process and that self-sabotage sort of gets to lesson a little bit and not be so intense. Um, but the, the heart of general business is really looking at what, what would make me feel safe? What would make me feel cared for in my work so that I can do this in a sustainable way? 
Yeah. And you've used the word self-sabotage a few times. So what, what does self-sabotage look like when it comes to business owners? Yes. Well, I feel like every entrepreneur knows self-sabotage in some form. I feel Mm -hmm. like because of the vulnerability that can come up when you're running a business, it's prime ground for Mm self-sabotage. There are so many ways that we can feel like we're not enough, we can feel overwhelmed or afraid, we can feel exposed or like we are putting ourselves out there in a way that we're not used to. And that's like a a real time for self-sabotage to come in and say, don't worry, I got you. Mm -hmm. And so that can show up in a lot of different ways. But I think some of the most common ways are things like perfectionism, Mm. really holding to that perfection standard that doesn't exist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, procrastinating. The constant delay, which I know, Lauren, you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, number three, people pleasing. A lot of like hypervigilance about what do people think and does this client hate me or, or whatever. Uh, number four, a lot of overthinking. Uh, shrug, like a really getting into some of the decision paralysis. Um constantly being like, should I do it this way? Should I do it that way? Or feeling like I need someone to tell me what to do because it's not safe to trust myself. That can be another really big one. So I would say those four are the ones I see most common Mm -hmm. in entrepreneurship at the beginning stages of entrepreneurship. In the later stages of entrepreneurship, I would definitely say it's overworking. Mm. Um, And then, which can often, you know, lead to burnout and then also some stuff around shame, uh, not feeling like you deserve the success that you've experienced, so you self-sabotage it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's some of the ways it shows up. Yeah. Oh, I relate to just about every single one of these. And I feel like, yeah, I, I guess I hadn't, before kind of getting to know you a little bit, I hadn't used the word self-sabotage when I think about these um, issues that come up for me, I've always thought of them as just like, this is why mindset is important, but you're right. All of them are ways that we kind of get in our own way. Um, Mm -hmm. if people are listening and I know that they are and kind of heard you run through these different things that might come up for them and resonated with it, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure that they are, what would be like, once you've recognized, okay, like maybe I'm sabotaging myself a little bit by getting caught up in my perfectionism or overthinking or whatever kind of um, mixture of these they're resonating with. What, what's next? Like, what do you, when you coach your clients and your members and your member membership program, what do you guide people to do to kind of hopefully start moving away from being so, I don't know, attached to some of these yeah things? Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of ways to respond to it. I think it has to start with kind of a compassionate awareness of, well, like I see this happening and I see it in a way of this is me projecting myself versus mm-hmm. this is me screwing my life up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am of the belief that self-sabotage is 
present, not because you hate yourself, but because you actually love yourself and you will do whatever it takes to feel safe. So Mm. the, the real central question though, that it becomes is if you're self-sabotaging in your business to some level, you don't feel safe. And so what could help you feel safe in your business? And this can show up in a bajillion ways, but I'll give an example. Mm-hmm. So let's say someone is procrastinating like constantly and <laughs> they feel like they've been, I'll use this example, but I'm not talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, talk about me. Well, I don't no know. Secrets here. Uh, I'll use the surface example of what you said. Um, uh, somebody's procrastinating. They re- they know they really want to do a quiz, but they keep procrastinating on it and they just keep pushing it off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would then start asking the question of one, is the procrastination because sometimes the procrastination isn't intense self-sabotage. So in that example, it could be like, there's just been other priorities, so it keeps getting pushed off. It's, right. not, it's probably not self-sabotage. But if there's an emotional sort of pull or delay that's sort of happening, then mm-hmm. it's more of the evidence that it's self-sabotage. And so then the question would be, what could help make this experience of creating a quiz feel safe to you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone might come back and they'll say, well, what I'm really afraid of is that I'm going to put this quiz out there and it's not going to be good enough. And Mm -hmm. so then we can look at, okay, we know that that's what you're afraid of. That's why you feel unsafe. And so how could we help you create a quiz with your enoughness in mind? So that could be one example more from an emotional perspective. Or if they came back and said, I'm scared of not doing it right. Or I like I, I have taken these things and they told me this is the way I need to make a quiz. I should make a quiz this way. And you don't feel safe because you don't want to make a quiz that way. But you feel like you mm. should. And so what might actually be safe for you is really like tuning in to yourself and seeing how do like, how do I want to do this? And how do I want to make this quiz experience my own? Um, so it can, sometimes it can be really like practical and tangible. And, and sometimes it's more emotional depth. Mm-hmm. Would you say that like kind of the underlying force behind all of these different mm-hmm. self-sabotage behaviors or things is fear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a, a lot of it is fear or a lot of it is also just past experiences projected onto the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that's as like sometimes that's as intense as trauma and sometimes it's just uncomfortable situations that you don't want to experience again. And it's so like to protect yourself from any repeating of really difficult or uncomfortable experiences is is what people do so I love the question like what could I do to help this feel safe yeah do you do you have any examples of like what what that answer might sound like just Mm -hmm. for different people well I think it's really powerful to just ask yourself that question like in general what would make my business feel safe Mm -hmm. So I can give you some examples of 
safety things that I have or that have come up with clients. Um, so some things could be like, I feel safe when I have this, a certain amount of money in my bank account or my mm-hmm. business bank account. I feel safe when I have really clear boundaries with my clients. I feel safe when I am not rushing, but I have a spacious launch timeline. Mm-hmm. I feel safe when I'm focusing on one-on-one work versus pitching, having to pitch like thousands of people to make the money that I need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel safe email, like focusing on an email list versus focusing on reels. Those are, those are some examples. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Slightly playing devil's advocate. I yes. feel like there's a lot of power in pushing yourself or choosing mm-hmm. to step outside of your comfort zone a little bit, like yeah. doing things that are scary because I guess because you're facing your fear and just deciding to do it anyway. Yeah. How does this kind of land with feeling safe? Yeah. The key is, <laughs> the key is you want you want to do things that stretch you, but that do not involve so much fear that they move you into distress. Mm-hmm. So the kind of feeling of and safety that we're talking about is, um, is more coming from that state of distress, even if people wouldn't describe it that way. Because from, I mean, I could really go into this from a more complete, uncomplex view, but even just looking at the nervous system, if the nervous system cannot cope with the amount of stress that you're putting on it, then you will go into a place of distress. You will, you know, either shut down mm-hmm. or become hypervigilant. And then it's very difficult to create out of the, those spaces because you're just trying to survive. You're just trying to get back into you, um, into a safe place. And so I think that, Centering safety in your business isn't about not never doing things that make you feel uncomfortable or outside your comfort zone, but it's about doing things outside your comfort zone with a knowledge and awareness of how to care for yourself and knowing how far is too far that it just will be, that it'll bring you to a place of distress versus a place of growth. Mm-hmm. That's a great answer. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I feel like for me, when I'm kind of thinking through this. Yeah. um, When it feels like expansive, like scary expansive, I think that's a sign for me to do it, even though it's scary. But there's definitely another feeling, which is like scary not good <laughs> which I right. think you described really well distress is a great word for it I have this Did graphic you... maybe I'll just I'll send it to you if you want to put it in the notes mm-hmm. but I feel like it does a really good job of explaining or of really visually laying out of like where growth is and safety is and what needs to be present in order for it to be optimal versus not so optimal. Mm-hmm. For you running a gentle business, it, are there practices that you do to kind of reinforce that concept or is it just a matter of 
kind of every day asking yourself, like, do I feel safe? What could I do to make myself feel safer? Or mm-hmm. are, for you, are there, and I'm sure this is different for everyone, but personally, right. do you have like habits or routines or what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, because I'm, because <laughs> I'm more steeped in the work. I've, d- I've spent a lot of time looking at what are things that make me feel safe? What are things that make me feel cared for? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really integrate a lot of those things into my daily life and my daily work day. Uh, and so for, I was saying this to you before we recorded, I, one of my safety things is having a slow morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't like feeling rushed. Like I feel yeah, same unsettled. <laughs> um, and so knowing that, I have prioritized slow morning, so I don't work in the mornings. I let myself take time and space to just do personal things and then arrive to the day. That's not obviously not an option for everyone, depending on lifestyle, but uh, that's something that really helps me and that I can trust will be there for me every day. Mm-hmm. A big thing, too, that I look at is... Either when I'm asked to get involved in something or if I'm looking at my expectations for what I can do, get done in a day is really just asking myself what I have capacity for. Like, is this a high capacity day? Is this like a day where I have lots of energy, lots of creativity, uh, lots of support? Or is it more of a low capacity day where, you know, we're going to need to soften the expectations a little bit because maybe yeah. life is hard or maybe I didn't sleep well or maybe I'm not feeling great. Um, that's a tool that I use a lot. Also, so if someone says to me, do you want to like co-host a, a webinar together? I can mm-hmm. look at that question and say, do I actually feel like I have the energetic and the emotional and the time in the resource capacity to say yes to that with like a resounding yes. Uh, that has been probably one of the most powerful tools for me because I think a lot of the times, you know, I'm definitely one of those yes kind of people. Like I can, it's very easy to get me into an idea. It's very easy to get me mm-hmm. passionate with you. Um and so then I would say yes. And then I would like hate it, you know, hate it. Like, <laughs> I was like, why did I say yes? I'm resenting everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, where's the like escape button? <laughs> oh, that can be a beautiful way of general business and, and meeting yourself with care and what you are really feeling and what you really need in a, a given moment. Yeah. I love that. I feel that's like such a great just reminder that not every day is the same, like waking up and asking yourself what you have capacity for some days. It's okay to like really pile up the to-do list, but there's going to be other days when that is like a profoundly unkind thing to do to yourself. Right. Um, Cause you're just going to get to the end of the day and feel like you let yourself down. So yeah, um, totally. yeah, that's such a great practice that that anyone can do just as you start your day. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask because for me, it feels important. So this could be a personal, a personal way of having a gentle business, I guess. But yeah. something that for me feels really 
safe and like nurturing in business is community. Um, do you see that having a role overall or is that kind of a person by person thing? Mm, I think it's definitely, I feel like it's definitely common. Uh-huh. I, I wouldn't say, I think sometimes it can really vary, but I would definitely say it's a common safety piece. Yeah. I feel like you're big on community. Do you have any tips on like meeting people, connecting with people, kind of finding your type of business owner when it comes to like just people that you really vibe with and that are supportive to you in your journey? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's think. Yeah, I think community from our perspective more of like peer community. Mm-hmm. Your peers. I think the biggest thing, honestly, I feel like the biggest thing that's helped is really just getting into the DMs with people. Mm-hmm. And if you resonate with someone, whether it be their work or their energy or their jokes, <laughs> <laughs> and, and just sort of going from there, I've definitely been a, I'm a definitely a big initiator. And sometimes I think that that's what you have to do when you're looking for that. Uh, And I like to make it kind of, I have two ways of initiating friendships in the DMs. I would say one way is more like the inspirational encouragement way. Like, I love what you do. Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then my other way is more comedic. Like, uh, I think we should be best friends or... I just saw this. Are we the same person? Um, yeah, lighter. Yeah, coming in more with that that lighter aspect. And to be honest, I've never said, "Can we be? Can we be best friends?" And someone has never said, "No." <laughs> oh my god! I love that. <laughs> I love that you pointed out that like you're willing to be the initiator. Yeah. I think that's that like I actually remember early on in my small business life feeling really isolated because everyone in my life was like nine to five type yeah. jobs and being like, okay, how do I make small business friends? And literally like Googling things like that. Like I could not figure out how people made these friends that I, mm-hmm. like, I was noticing that people seem to have friends by observing, but I like couldn't figure it out. And Sometimes it really is as simple, like you say, as like being willing to say, essentially, do you want to be friends? Like, can we chat? Or like, do you want to have a, I don't know, a coffee chat or whatever it is? Um, What, what, so you're initiating, you've said Mm -hmm. you've like, you vibe with someone. What is your way of like, I don't know, what happens after you say, do you want to be best friends? (laughs) You know? I think it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say, for example, with you. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly sure I was the initiator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, because I'm weirdly shy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think I said, like, uh, I love your energy or something. And this is my first time, like, talking to you, hearing your voice. Yeah. And so, but we really got to know each other through text. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes it happens like you just become texting friends, DM mm-hmm. friends. Um, I kind of in my mind have like this 
the stepladder in a way of like, <laughs> first you like, you chat in the DMs or you text. Then you make your way to a phone call of some kind or a Zoom or, or whatever. Um, and then at some point, maybe you meet in person. Okay. And so there's tears. The so I'm on your middle <laughs> tier right now. Yeah, you just <laughs> Uh, and sometimes it's slow like also just knowing that sometimes it's slow um, Mm -hmm. like giving that space giving the healthy space for relationships to be nurtured but then sometimes it's fast Um, you know sometimes it's just like kindred and it's awesome so I think that and then also knowing like there are other if that's maybe not your vibe of of basically like asking people out, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, then like sh- show up in places where it's more organic. So that could be events. I would say a lot of times I've really made friends in more conference retreat settings. Yeah. Than going to like a one, like an, an evening networking event. Right. Because um, I feel yeah. like it doesn't go that it normally doesn't go much past what do you do? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, depending on what it I is. Agree. Yeah. So, get yourself in the room, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited for more of a return to like in person stuff because yeah. yeah, some of my closest like small business friends. I just happened to be at the same like retreat that they were at. Um, yeah. You know, we've kept in touch for years now. So um, I, uh, before this, I, I ran a camp for two years. Well, a camp. Yeah, you did. Cool. For female entrepreneurs. And the, it was like, I literally ran it at a summer camp and, uh, you know, I think one, the first year there was like 65, the second year there was 80. And the friendships formed out of that time, like, are just unreal. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, for definitely as an organizer, that's, like, one of the best, most rewarding things to see people still meeting up with each other or, like, still collaborating or hanging out. Um, that's so cool. But, I mean, obviously, camp, there's something about a camp environment that really for, <laughs> forges <laughs> friendship because... Uh, you know, you might be getting cold or there's bugs or there's like a chipmunk in your cabin. Or- <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Close quarters too. Yeah. yeah. You know when someone's snoring. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so fun. Okay. Is there anything else that I haven't asked you about self-sabotage or gentle business that you think my listeners should hear or just like a message that we haven't gotten to yet? I think the only thing I would say is that if there's anyone listening that has felt like a lot of what is in the business world feels overwhelming or harsh or like you're never enough to just know that there are gentler ways of doing things and being with yourself in the process of running a business that feel a lot better and feel a lot safer and uh, exploring that was, is probably one of the best things you could do. Yeah. Love. On that note, 
what if someone is has been hearing this interview and saying, oh my gosh, I definitely want to do more of this kind of work for myself. What, how could people work with you? Well, they can move in with me. <laughs> uh, they can join my membership, the general business membership. And we really go through a lot of stuff around safety and care. And even just looking at different business pieces and approaching them in a softer way. Uh, and so love to have you in there if that feels good. And then I also work with people one-on-one for six months. If this is something you're really wanting to make a change on. Amazing. Okay. This has been so fun. I definitely could keep picking your brain about all things small business, but I I see that we're nearing the end of the hour. So I'm going to transition into our questions that I ask all of the guests on this podcast. And the first one is, how do you approach doing good through your small business? I think the way that I do that is just really sticking to the practice of really seeing people. Hmm. Making them feel seen. That's a very good way of doing good. I love that. Um, What is one small business that you admire? Mm, I saw this earlier and then I was like, I better think about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh." I'm going to give you a generic answer to be annoying. But Mm -hmm. I think I am so inspired by people who lead businesses while still navigating a lot of difficult things or a lot of not even like navigating difficult things in business, but, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. struggling with mental health or uh, neurodivergence or um, more systemic stuff and still find a way to move in it in a way that, feels good and takes care of them, but also have massive impact. I think, I think that's what really inspires me. Hmm. Love that. Um, what is a business book that you would recommend? Well, to be honest, I don't really read business books, <laughs> but I'm sure that's not surprising, but <laughs> I will give you a book recommendation for the other sort of pieces of things. Yeah. And one of my, this is going to feel like really random, but whatever. One of my favorite books is called, I think it's called, oh shoot. <laughs> I think it's called Homecoming. Is it Homecoming? Okay. By John Bradshaw. And it was actually written in, I don't know, the early nineties, but it's about, it's one of the best books I've read on inner child work. And mm. our power can have such a, an immense impact on our businesses and stuff around self-sabotage. So I would highly recommend that if anyone is into that. Um, and side note, I don't know if anyone watches The Bachelorette. <laughs> okay. Not I, but I'm sure that many people listening do. <laughs> but they talked about inner child work on The Bachelorette this week, so... Wow. If the Bachelorette is talking about it, you know, it's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, that's the arbiter of goodness in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I have done some actually with coaches that I've worked with and it is really, really powerful. So I love that. 
recommendation for people to kind of maybe be able to dig in a little bit on their own. Um, Okay, Ashley, this has been spectacular. Please tell my listeners where they can connect with you online and kind of dig into your work a little bit, learn more about you, all of the things. Yeah, come find me on Instagram. Come say hi at ashley.bowden. Or you can go to my website. You can take a look at the quiz at ashleybowden.com. Beautiful. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I... This is a really fun one. Um, and I just would encourage everyone listening to think about this concept of gentle business and creating a safe um, and kind environment for yourself to work in. I think yeah. we can we can go so far in the other direction. And yeah, I, I love the work you're doing. I love just the reminder to just to take care of ourselves because we deserve it. So Thank you so much for everything you shared today, but just all the work you do in general. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This episode was such an amazing and important reminder about creating a business that actually feels good to work in every day. I'm so grateful to Ashley for everything she shared and for the work she does in the world. Be sure to go connect with Ashley. You can find her on Instagram at gentle business coach, and you can also find links to her website and everything else mentioned in this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 166. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful to have your support. Here are three ways that you can give back to making good. First, I'd be honored if you'd leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe and follow the show. Second, if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast, send them the link. Today's episode can be found at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 166. And finally, I would love for you to take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening and tag me on Instagram at Lauren Tilden, as well as Ashley at Gentle Business Coach. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.